Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, Strong Mom, what's up? Welcome back to another episode. And today is November takeaways. So I started this like three months ago, just to recap. These are monthly podcast episodes where I recap my month, the month before, and I share with you my big takeaways and things that I think you will find interesting, things that will help, I think you would find motivating and helpful. And just letting you know, these episodes are really off the cusp. So all I do is I just make a list of what I'm going to talk about and I just talk about it and that's how I want it to be. I want it to be like a conversation between me and you and it's just to flow that way. So that is, you know, usually how I do my episodes. I really take a lot of time to detail them out. I really try to make them short and sweet around 30 minutes, get to the point, give you what you need and get out because I know your time is very valuable and I appreciate your time. But these are a little different. So these are usually episodes that go a little longer because I'm just, like I said, it's just a conversation between me and you. And I always start these off talking about things that have to do with health and fitness. And then towards the end, I throw in some personal things or other things that I think you will find interesting that might not necessarily be health and fitness, but definitely you can relate to as a mom. So let's dive in. These are the topics that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about my fitness update. That's kind of how I've been doing these is I give you an update on my fitness goals, what my fitness was like last week, some takeaways on that, um, some lessons I have to share with you. The next thing I want to talk about is getting back on track after Thanksgiving. I'm going to share that process with you, like how I get back on track after holidays, vacations, getting sick, things that kind of like derail you from, you know, your normal path. And then I wanted to share with you guys my pull-up story, my story towards getting pull-ups and how that changed things. That was like a catalyst in the gym. That was a, a pivoting point for my confidence, especially in the gym. Then I also wanted to give you guys some takeaways um, with some like through working with my personal training clients. I wanted to talk a little bit more about this one thing that I wish from the beginning I would have paid attention to. Um, and I think it's the reason why I'm now having some pain issues like lower back pain. I do have an update on that. I think I got it figured out because it's starting to get better. And then now how I am taking that lesson and helping my personal tra- training clients. So, you know, after a year or two of exercising, they're not gonna have to deal with the same issues. So I'm going to share with you those takeaways. I also have a little bit of a rant about Instagram fitness influencers, and some of them are just giving really shitty fitness advice, and they're being misleading. And so I wanted to talk about that, and not only that, but give you a better alternative. So I'm going to share with you my top six exercises that I program into my week every week. I program them, and they're they're like the cat, like the main core focus of any workout programs I do for my clients, for myself, and I'm gonna explain why. Then I'm also gonna give you guys a little update on my meal planning course and how that is coming along. And then last but not least, I wanted to share with you guys something very personal that I did last month, but I think that it will help you in a way, maybe if you're dealing with what I was dealing with, but. Anyways, I'm not going to give too much away, but let's just say I'm going to be talking about the O shot. Yes, I got what is called an orgasm shot. And so I'm going to share that whole journey and my like, did it work? Did it not? Do I recommend it? And what it was like. And so stick around. That's going to be towards the end. So, whew. All right. Before I get started, though, I do want to make a short, quick announcement. If you're not in my Facebook group, it's called Mom is the New Strong Show uh, Podcast Community. It's on Facebook. You can just search it. I'll put it in the show 
show notes. But the reason I am telling you about it is we started doing weekly accountability check-ins. It's the holidays, guys. And sometimes we can lose focus on ourselves, on our health and our fitness. And so I'm going to, let's help all of us, including myself, to stay accountable this holiday. So we're doing weekly accountability check-ins and setting small weekly goals. And I'm helping women in that, in there, pick those small weekly goals. And we are just basically, we're building up momentum into the spring. I don't want, you know, usually what happens is we fall off track during holidays. Um, It's very common to gain five to 10 pounds. And then spring comes around and you're scrambling trying to get ready for summer. And also the reason I want to share this process with you is because this is how you build a healthy lifestyle. These small little action things that you do every week and it builds a lifestyle. So, you know, the the whole end point is where this is just how you live your life, right? And it's not something that you do seasonal. Like your health and your fitness, you take making you a priority should not be seasonal. So let's end that by keeping each other accountable and starting to create that lifestyle. So hop on over in the group. If you're not already in there, Mom and Sue Strong podcast community on Facebook link will be in the show notes. So now that that's done, let's dive right into these takeaways. Um, So fitness goals. I talked a little bit about last month how I had a goal of squatting 225 and I did that. But my big end goal was like I wanted to be squatting 225 for reps. So meaning like the last two sets that I do, I want, I mean for sets. So like the last two sets of my uh, squats, I wanted to do 225, getting up to six reps. And well, this Monday coming back from Thanksgiving, I was able to do that. It probably also helps that I had some time off. I ate a lot more food than what I usually, so I felt good. I came in and it was just a bit, it's a big deal for me, and I want to explain this because there is a lesson, and this is not just all about, oh, look at me, I reached this goal. It's the, I want you to realize the process of this. So this is a goal, squatting 225 for six reps is a goal I've had for the past two years. Yes, you've heard me right. This is something I've been working on for two years. And it's like, I would sometimes I'll be able to do, I was able to squat 225 just once or twice, but it would be like some random gym workout. I wanted it to be where I come in the gym every week when I do my squats and 225 is just my norm. And so I am getting there and it's like, oh my gosh, it was a big moment. My One of my friends was there. She watched at the gym and she's just like, damn. And I was like, I was explaining to her, like, you understand, like, this is a big deal. I've been working towards this for two freaking years. And I don't mean to share that with you to discourage you. Like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me that long. But just to know, like, the reality of this, like, for one, time's going to pass either way. That's what I tell myself. That's what I tell women I talk to. Time's going to pass either way and you're worth it. So why not do it, right? Why, why not? Just because of the time it's going to take. And so, you know, this is a big deal from when I first started going to the gym. I take taking the gym seriously and strength training after Millie was like six months after Millie was born was when I joined a big gym and joined LA Fitness. We had moved to Fort Worth. And um, that's when I took it seriously. It's been about three and a half years now. And when I first started, I was just squatting pretty much the bar, like maybe a 10 on each side. And that's how I started. And um, yeah, so it's a big, it's a big change from going from the bar and 10 pounds, that's 55 pounds to squatting 225 for reps. Like, it's a big deal to me. And, um, you know, I just want you to realize like, it's okay to have these big goals and then you just like, so you have a big goal, but I always was like chunking down that goal. Like, okay, what's, what's the next 10 pounds? Like, let's work on, focus on that. Like the end goal is always the same, but these little micro goals, like these little micro steps, like I would put those in between the big goals. So that way it was like giving me something to feel good about, like, because guys, come on, if I was to like not reward myself or feel good about my progress until I reached 225, like here we are two years later, right? So by creating these little small wins along the way, it would keep me motivated. It's like, if you're, if you're ever somebody that ran, (laughs) runs, I'm not a big runner. I don't, it's, I don't enjoy it really. Um, I, 
you know, I take that back. I don't enjoy the first five to 10 minutes, but once I get into it and I get like into that runner's like high or whatever, I'm like, okay, this isn't too bad. Like it feels really good, but I'm just not naturally like want to run. And so anyways, when I run, especially like if I'm outside or even if I'm doing on a treadmill, I always give myself markers like, okay, I'm going to run, I'm going to jog for 20 minutes or I'm going to do two to three miles. Right. And so I would just be like, okay, now five minutes, just get to five minutes, just get to 10 minutes. Just, you know what I'm saying? Or if I'm running outside, okay, just get to like something visual, like down the street, you know, that's my goal. And then once I get there, let me set another goal. And that's how you keep yourself motivated along the way. And the same thing is like in the gym or with any goal really, is you got to set these micro goals that are going to give you those small wins along the way, which, you know, going back to that accountability group, I told you about, that's what we're doing. We're, we're setting these small goals every week so we can create wins every week where we can feel good about something and we can feel like we're progressing. And you do that by focusing on a few things versus trying to do everything all right at once. Let's focus on the big things and get those down and then we can just go from there. So that was exciting. Um, another thing is I've been working on f- getting back my full strength and I'm pretty sure I got that now, like as far as my chest since explant surgery. Um, so I benched 40 pounds for three times last week it, um, before I went on Thanksgiving break. And so I was really proud about that because that's something I've been for now working up once again. Six, it's been six months since my explant surgery and it's taken six months for me to regain all my strength back in my chest. And guys, I work out consistently. I work out consistently four to five times a week. So, you know, it does, a lot of these things take time and and I want to always be real with you guys and share like the reality of it. Like I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything because it's not doing you any favors at all. And that's like an injustice service to you to, um, you know, keep that from you. Like I never want to give the impression that, you know, I was overnight success or there was some big aha, like transformation I had overnight. And it's not like that. Like this has been a thing of years and it's just, and like, once again, not saying that to discourage you, but you know, just the reality of is it, it takes time and it's a building thing and there's a lot of setbacks and it's not like just one day you wake up and like everything's easy and you're always motivated to work out. Guys, I I still struggle to, I'm going to give you a good example. I have no problem going to the gym and working out because it's part of my routine. It's something I've been doing for years and it it's motivating for me to work out around other people. Now, if I have to work out at home, that's like a total different story. Like, for example, my, my husband a couple of weeks ago, he got this really cool, um, it's like a UFC like punching bag. So it's really cool. You can do all these combos and stuff on it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start doing my cardio at home with that because it'll be fun. And, you know, I, I don't have to stay more at the gym than I can. I, I'm, you know, I'm busy in the mornings, personal training clients. So I already have hard enough time like fitting in my own strength training workout. So let's do cardio at home. And I've only used it once in the past two weeks. And so it's hard for me to work out at home. It's hard for me when I'm away from my normal routine. Like say, if I go on vacation, I'm going to tell me, oh, Oh, I'll pack some stuff to work out in and it just it never happens because it's just not part of my routine um, and that's why routines are so important and habits are so important because it's just automatic and it's so easy to do and you don't have to use willpower once you get those things instilled and that's just a good example like I love working out but I don't have a habit of doing it at home so that's very hard for me to do because it's not that habit. Um, so yeah, I don't know where exactly I was going with that, but just wanted to share that with you guys. Keep things like just trying to keep it real with you guys, like how, how it really is for me. Now let's talk about, oh, and so going back to fitness goals, I know I had a goal. I told you guys I had a goal. Like I wanted to start defining my abs a little bit more, dropping some body fat. And right before holidays, I was doing really good. And I I told you guys the reason I was struggling too is like I wasn't macro counting. And I don't want to give you the impression that you have to macro count to lose weight. But I am to a point where I have to... I have to really dial things in to see results because I'm already a lower body fat to take it to that next level. Like you have to be that in in tune. So, you know, I don't macro count to a T like if I was to be competing on stage, but I do estimate macro count. Like I do pretty good. I measure things out. I'm not maybe, you know, totally dialed into it, but just doing it like that is enough to get me to where I want to be. And I was getting towards that. And I got to get back to that again you know, start macro counting this week. I'm just, and that's going to lead into me getting like the whole talking about like getting back on track. 
uh, is it's like a process for me when I get back on track. It's not like I do try to do everything all at once. And, um, you know, I want to share that with you right now is like, for one, I don't really like the term getting back on track. And I'm like doing that. Erica's like getting back on track. But the reason I say it is because I know you'll understand what I'm talking about because we, that's just a phrase like you, you say and you hear a lot like, oh, I'm getting back on track or I fell off track. And I don't think of it like that. Like, I don't think of it like that because it's not like during Thanksgiving, I like, oh my gosh, I got lost. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm totally off a path. I'm not on track, right? No, the way I see it is I made a a choice without guilt to take a different path for a couple of days. And that path was to enjoy Thanksgiving and to eat whatever the hell I want and not exercise. And I was okay with that because I made that choice. And I feel like when we say we're off, oh my gosh, I fell off track. It's like, it's, kind of perpetuates and and it makes the self-guilt worse and then it also makes you disempowered because it's almost like you don't have any control over that like you just like oh my gosh all of a sudden something just completely got me off track and I don't know where my path is and I'm lost and blah 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 it's like this outside force did that and it's like you know when you take responsibility or you just you know give yourself that grace like okay you know, Thanksgiving was coming up, I'm going to be off track. Like the way I saw it was, okay, I'm going to get three good workouts and I'm going to work out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm not going to work out for the rest of the week. I mean, really good those days. And then when Thanksgiving comes, like the whole, the only focus I had during Thanksgiving was to drink enough water. Because if I knew I didn't drink enough water, I wouldn't have that much energy. I wouldn't be in that good of mood. And I probably would really overeat. So that was like really the only goal I had during Thanksgiving, you know, was just drink enough water because I'm really bad about that when I'm off of my routine you know, is, is getting those little things in that I'm always used to doing and water's one of them. So I want you to really think about that when you say getting off track and the way that you perceive it. And for me, it's not like that. It's, it's, I just choose a different path and then now I'm ready to get back on my normal path, which is my health and fitness routine. So when I do get like quote unquote back on track or back on the right path, Um, I really, there's one thing that I really do focus on because it is the center of everything. Like I know if I do this one thing that everything else is going to fall into place. And what this is called, it's called a cornerstone habit. It's like the big thing that moves everything forward. And for me, that's exercise. And when I talk to other women, a lot of them, they feel the same way. They're like, yeah, if I exercise, then I make better food choices. I'm in a better mood. I feel better. And so that's why I just think it's so important if you can to put exercise in the beginning of the day, because it really sets the tone for the day. And for me, that's my cornerstone habit. So when I come back from a vacation or from getting sick or I'm off my normal path, that's the first thing I focus on is I'm going to get in enough. uh, I'm going to get in my workouts. Like I'm really just going to center and focus on that. The next thing I really focus is on is drinking enough water because I know how the big, the big impact that it has on me is sleep and water. Those things, two things are so important. I mean, just taking care of your general health and to kind of go back to hitting my goal of 225 squats. I feel like the reason the past two years, it was so hard for me to be consistent and really reach that goal is because my health was not in a good state because the breast implant illness my immune system was shot and you know the the six probably about the five months leading into explant surgery I was feeling really sick and my actually my my strength was going down the gym and I wasn't able to work out as much and so when your health is in a state of not being good right it's in a declining state then you can't expect yourself to one be focused enough to take care of your health and fitness like you you can't expect you know to be going into the gym and doing your best or even be focused on eating, right? And the same thing goes for your personal life. If you're having problems at home with your husband or work or you're stressed out about certain things, like you can't expect you to up level. Like eating healthy and working out is like taking things to the next step of taking care of yourself. And if the basic things of taking care of yourself are not taken care of, then that's just working on faulty, a bad foundation. Like it's not going to work. It's going to fail. So your mental health and your physical health should be number one priority before you think about like up leveling everything else. But we don't think about that. So a lot of people will try to lose weight, just try to get fit, not taking care of stress, not taking care of these little basic things like just drinking enough water and freaking getting enough sleep and managing stress and they're wondering why the weight's not coming off or why it's so hard to eat healthy like 
when you are not getting enough sleep and you're not drinking enough water, guys, like that's setting you up for food cravings. And I'm not going to go into all the science of it, but you can look it up for yourself. It, it does. It sets you up. It makes things harder for you. The same thing with the lack of like, I don't know if I said a lack of sleep, but yeah, lack of sleep too. So Anyways, that's how I really get back on track is I just focus on my health and I focus on exercise and everything falls into place. It's now four days after Thanksgiving and um, I got those things down. Water's good. Workouts are good. So I'm probably going to start macro counting again. But it's like I don't overwhelm myself by trying to do everything all back at once. I slowly incorporate these things in and that's just the pattern and that's just the way that I reintroduce my routine and that's how I've been doing it for years. So it's really not any secret it's really not anything complicated and I think that's the the beauty in things like for especially as a mom like we don't need complicated we need something that is doable it's simple it's easily repeatable and it just helps it just falls into place with already like busy mom life you know so that's my little spell on getting back on track Next thing I wanted to share with you guys is um, my pull-up story. And so the reason why I wanted to share this is lately I feel like women are have been telling me more lately that they want to do pull-ups, like that's their goal. I just did a workout routine for a woman that's progressing her into doing a pull-up even though she can't do a push-up right now. Like I want, like pull-ups are have a very special place in my heart. And I'm gonna, that's what I wanted to share with you. And I want to share that with you because I also want to encourage you if you are a, if you are a woman and you want to do something, like you want to focus on something other than just losing weight. Like you want to have like something that really empowers you to work towards, which by the way, the woman I did this um, workout plan for, that's the reason she used it. I love that. I love like, she's like, I'm not really, she's like, yes, I understand I lose weight, but it's not my main focus. I really want to focus on like my strength. And I was like, that's beautiful like that. And I told her that's going to carry you through. Like you're going to get that weight loss because you're, and because of how you're going about it, it's, you know, you focusing on something that isn't dictated by your, the mirror. Because what happens, just a little side note, when you are trying to lose weight, you're trying to get fit, you're trying to look a certain way, that progress is not linear. That progress is all over the place. And sometimes you feel like you're taking a step back. Um, and then it, it's it's funny how that progress works. But when you're trying to focus on strength, that that progress is pretty linear. It's not, not as, um, I mean, it's not like, of course, like every week you're going to go up in weights the same way, but you can see that physical path like going up and you can see yourself when you go to the gym and you're getting stronger. And that's so motivating when you have some proof, right? Like some progress of proof. And so that's why I really suggest to women having those strength goals as well. But going back to the pool, up story when so when I was younger um like in my early 20s like I never really worked out like maybe I'd work out here or there with my sister at home or whatever but I never took health and fitness seriously until um really probably when I turned 26 is when I started lifting weights um a little bit before that but never so like I said I've been all over the place for years like you know mostly I just do like beach body at home or you know I would do just really light circuit training weights it wasn't until really the past three years three and a half years after Millie was born that I took weightlifting seriously that's when I took it seriously but before that I dabbled in it but you know that's not here or there I'm kind of getting off track but what I'm trying to say is pull-ups were always something, No, like even when I was just dabbling in fitness, that I thought when a woman did a pull-up, I thought that was badass. Like I thought that was like the ultimate badassery as a woman to be able to do a pull-up. And I just always felt like it was distant. I felt like it was just basically, I felt like it was impossible. And when I did try to start doing it, when I decided to take it seriously, um, guys, it did. It felt impossible. Like me just trying it. My husband's like, oh, we just try it. I'll like, I'll push, I'll help you up, you know? And it was just like, it wasn't as hard as I tried. It wasn't there. I couldn't do it. I couldn't even lift myself up at all. And I was just like, how the hell am I going to do this? This feels impossible. But you know, I was like, you know what? It's, I can do this. I can do this. Like, let's just see. Let's just every, so what I did for six months three to five times out of the week when I would go to the gym, because I was consistent five days a week, um, I would try to do pull-ups. And there was an assisted pull-up machine. I was going to an LA Fitness. There's an assisted pull-up machine and you can like change the resistance on how it helps you do a pull-up. And that's how I learned how to do a pull-up over time. I just started lowering the resistance, lowering the resistance, lowering the resistance. 
And, you know, of six months of doing that, I finally got my first pull up. And it was just amazing to think I was like, wow, six months ago, this was like literally impossible. It was it was literally impossible. And now here I am, you know, I didn't give up, you know, some weeks I'd go in. And it felt like I was kind of going backwards a little bit or it would feel like I was plateaued. Like for a few weeks, I would just be at the same resistance and I couldn't like break past that. And then one day I'd go in and it would be like, oh, wow, like now I can do less resistance. And that's really how it went. And then um, just reaching that goal and how it felt. Like I remember going to that gym and there was a woman um, that was, I think she competed for like, she'd been competing for like 10 years in in natural bodybuilding. And I would watch her do pull-ups. And I even asked her, I don't know if I asked her one day how she does them or what, or if she had any tips or something, because I was just so impressed with her. And I would watch her and I'm like, that's going to be me one day. That's going to be me one day, (laughs) you know? And so when I reached that, it was just so much confidence. Like it just made my confidence go through the roof in the gym. Like, you know, being able to do pull-ups because it's, it's, It's not something you see very often in the gym, a woman being able to do that. So it's a big accomplishment. So I really want to encourage you as a woman to set a goal like that. Like, what is that goal that you would feel like an ultimate badass if you can do? And it doesn't even have to be in fitness, like just life in general. Like, I think we need to set goals for ourselves like that. Just so, you know, really, that's where the confidence comes in. It's not me, my confidence, of course, Yes, to an extent of like how I look or whatever, but really what has given me the most confidence is my strength, like going into the gym, being able to lift for me a lot of weight and seeing that progress, being able to do a pull up, being able to push myself and challenge myself and show up for myself and actually see this progress. That's where all the confidence came in. It wasn't, it doesn't have to do anything with the number on the scale. It has to do everything with showing up for yourself. So really, like I said, I want to encourage you to set something, some goal like that. And if pull-ups is that for you, then message me and I can help you out. Like I said, I did a plan for this woman and she, uh, she can't even do, um, Uh, push-ups right now but we can progress you know progress her there's always anybody can do it it's just the starting point might be a little different from you versus somebody else but it's totally possible so if you want help towards that message me on instagram or facebook moms new strong or you can just email me at jess at mamasnewstrong.com that's jess j-e-s-s at mamasnewstrong.com and we'll we'll talk about it right like I want to see more women reach those kinds of goals you know and and there's something about it too for me like if I'm having an off week or having a bad day I go in the gym and I'm like okay I'm making a point to do pull-ups to prove to myself and to re-show myself like you are about us. Like you got this. And it always does. It always boosts my confidence when I do them. Um, next I want to talk about, I told you there's something that I wish I would have done differently when I first started working out that now I'm taking that lesson and I'm helping my clients with that. And guys, that is mobility and taking like stretching, doing mobility work, foam rolling. When I Whenever I started working out, like I never took that seriously. And I know I have my certified, I've been two years certified as a personal trainer, two and a half years. And it's like, really, Jessica, you're now just really taking that seriously. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be completely honest. I don't know if it's because I just thought I was invincible. Like, I don't really have to stretch that much. Oh, I really don't have to work on that. But now that I'm 32, about to be 33, the past year, I've really been struggling with lower back pain and trying to figure that out. And I've talked about that on my other takeaways. And I really feel like now I'm kind of breaking through that, what that is for me, because now it's starting to alleviate. And I'm like, ah, I know what this is between working with my chiropractor. Also, you know, right now I'm getting certified to be a, to do, uh, in a correctional exercise specialist. So a lot of this I'm learning through that as well and how everything is connected. And it's, I, now that I'm foam rolling, now that I'm doing my own deep tissue massage, I'm stretching, that back pain is starting to go away. And I have, linked it to a couple of different muscles. So I have linked it to my hip flexors being tight and also my piriformis being tight. So the piriformis is a muscle that is underneath your gluteus medius, your biggest glute muscle, that middle glute muscle. And it is what my chiropractor says, his moneymaker. (laughs) He says a lot of people coming in because they have tightness in there and it causes 
imbalances. Like anytime you got to think everything in your body is connected. It's all kinetically connected. So if one thing is tight or one thing is not, um, it's one thing's tight or it's weak, it's going to have a chain reaction with all the other muscles that are attached to it. And so when that is tight and because my hip flexors are tight, it's causing me to have this back pain. And so once I started foam rolling and taking and stretching very seriously for those muscles, now that pain is starting to go away because what happens is that piriformis muscle, when it is tight, it is going to give you a sciatic pain. And that's what I was having because the sciatic nerve runs underneath it and through it. So when that is tight or inflamed, guess what? It's putting pressure on that sciatic nerve. And that's why I was getting that sciatic pain. At first, when I started going to the chiropractor in the last year, we thought, oh, it's a herniated disc. Or this was actually earlier this year. Oh, we thought it was a herniated disc. Then I thought it was an old tailbone. I had broke my tailbone in college being a, a dumbass and drunk and fell on my ass. <laughs> that's embarrassing to me. But I thought that maybe that 10 years later, it's starting to bother me. And no, it's not that. It's just I'm having, I have muscle imbalances. I have muscles that are tight and um, muscles that I think are even underactive as well. I really think my transverse abdominis, I talked about this last month's takeaways, is weak. And that's your muscle that's underneath your rectus abdominis, which is your sick pack, sick pack abs. Your transverse abdominis is your basically your body's natural waist belt. And it really supports your spine. And during pregnancy, that really gets stretched out. And so a lot of women, I mean, even though Millie's been now just turned four, like that's something that is still weak for me. So I've been doing exercises to strengthen that as well. So I think a combination of all that is really helping and so I'm taking that you know this lesson and really now focusing on my ability mobility focus on stretching and foam rolling and I think that's also playing into me getting stronger in the gym when you are have better mobility and your muscles are not tight and weak like you have better uh, functioning and and you're able to through do the movements better um, when your body's functioning better so I've been teaching my um I've been teaching my personal tra- training clients about formula and really hammering that in or anybody that will listen in the gym that's telling me they're having pain. And one of my clients, I told her about it. And it's funny because people don't really know about it. So when you tell them about it, they're like, huh? And they're kind of like, mm, I don't know. Like, And it's kind of weird at first and they feel silly doing it. And so anyways, I got her on the foam rolling kick and she was just like, she came back a week later and she goes, my back pain that I've had since I was a little girl. She said she had an accent. And uh, she's like, I have back pain all the time, upper body, and now it's gone. Like, I still have it a little bit, but this is like pretty much just taking it away. When I foam roll, it goes away. And I was like, yes, that is so amazing that it's like translating into other parts of her life like it's making her life better in general and that's what health and fitness should do like fitness should make your your life better and so she is just like totally about foam rolling she's like yeah every night I foam roll she's like my husband my mom everybody makes fun of me and I'm like um yeah whatever I'm foam rolling so she's foam rolls every night for five to ten minutes she says it's a big changer and I've also seen a big change in her flexibility so she wasn't able to touch her toes like by off by quite a bit and now she's actually able to like almost touch her toes so it makes a big difference and then I've also told a few other people about it and they say it makes a big difference for them as well and it's just you know it just goes to show like I'm healthy and fit but I still have things I need to correct like I still have muscle imbalances and especially if you're somebody that works out actually for everybody like even under activity like sitting a lot can make your hip flexors tight and it can also mess with that piriformis muscle because of a lot of us like and I'm thinking about it right now, I'm leaning forward as I'm speaking into this mic and that's the way I'm sitting and that's not proper um, posture. So anytime that we're not having proper posture, we are like over time creating these muscle imbalances. And I'll tell you this as a personal trainer, I have yet to meet somebody that does not have some form of a muscle imbalance that I work with. A lot of the times uh, we have to correct squatting um, because knees are going in, knees are going out, things aren't functioning right. And it's because of overactive and underactive muscles. And a lot of us, our glute muscles for one are very weak and that is a stabilizer when we're squatting. And so you'll see, I'll see a lot of women like their knees go in. And then I've even also worked with women where they're saying 
you know what? Like I'm not filling my glute muscles. Like they're doing things that are for working out your glute muscles. And they're like, I'm just not feeling it. Like I should be feeling it. Right. But I'm feeling it like in my, my hamstrings or I'm feeling it in my, my quads. And I'm like, okay. And I had to explain to him the reason that being is when you're doing that exercise, you're unable to activate that your glutes because they're weaker. Like for one, you're not, it's harder to activate that muscle for two. If the, if whatever weight you're moving around is too heavy for that muscle you're trying to um, you're trying to work out, then other recruiting other muscles will recruit to try to lift that weight for you. You know, it's the same thing. Like a good example, I didn't mean to bring this up, but actually, I I've, I've been meaning to talk about this more. Like on, I'm gonna do an Instagram post on this. Is when you're doing crunches, and I had to I've had to explain this to a few people this past month, and that's why I'm bringing it up. Is you know, if you're doing crunches and you're not feeling it in your abs, you're feeling it in your hip flexors or like your your legs, right? Like the top of your leg, um, your hamstring, I mean, I'm, you're sorry, your quad or your hip flexor, then it's pointless. Like you're, you're not getting anything out of that exercise when you should be doing ab work. So you should always be flexing and feeling your abs while you're doing your ab work. And if it gets to the point, which it will, it happens to me too, when you, when those muscles, those ab muscles get fatigued, you're going to start feeling it in your hip flexor. You're going to start filling in the in ever in the top of your quad and it's like at that point you need to stop like that's what i've uh, quality over quantity when it comes to ab exercises you know doing doing 10 15 really really good crunches or good ab exercises versus is way better than doing 50 shitty ones okay and uh, we have to think about that in any strength training what are are you filling it in the muscle that you should be filling it in that's what i'm always asking my clients because they can look like they're doing the exercise exercise correctly and they're flowing through it fine. But if I ask them, oh, well, are you feeling it here? Are you feeling it there? And, and they're like, well, not really. I'm like, okay, whoa, hold up. We got to fix this because that's the whole point of this exercise. Yes, you look like you're doing it fine, but let's think about what we can tweak or how we can really activate that muscle. So you're going to start feeling it how you should be feeling or if not, you're wasting your time right now. And, um, you know, that's the beauty of working in person with a personal trainer that knows what they're doing. I'm not saying I know everything, guys, because I'm learning new stuff all the time, but at least one that knows like the good basics of how to strength train if that's what you're trying to do. And I think that should be the focus in everybody's fitness. Like the, the, the benefits of strength training versus cardio are way, there's just way better. Like I'm not going to go on a spill about that, but it just is for fat loss, for general health, for, um, you know, longevity, all that. So Anyway, so if you are somebody that is working out right now, I really want to, or somebody that's getting into it, don't be like me and think that I'm above (laughs) stretching and mobility work and foam rolling. Like you need to start doing that now so that way you don't have problems later on, like, you know, me dealing with this back issue and trying to figure that all out. And so... And that's another thing, core work, you know, doing, doing exercises that are good, not just for your trans, uh, not just for your six pack abs, but your transverse abdominis, that inner abs. So once again, if you guys have any questions about things that I'm going over and you're like, I want to learn more, just message me. Let's talk about it. I can send you with, I can give you some good resources to kind of go forward on this. So next thing I wanted to talk about is I have a little rant. (laughs) I just did an Instagram post about this yesterday because Once again, a lot of my inspiration that I get for the podcast, for sharing information on my social media is from questions. A lot of it is from what I get at the gym. You know, I'm there at the gym every morning, pretty, pretty much every morning. And I have people ask me questions. And lately I've been having women ask me how they'll be coming up and they're like, how do you do this exercise? And it'll be a video from Instagram of this fitness influencer doing this crazy weird exercise. And I'm just like, looking at it like I don't even know what that is like I don't know if they just get like there's only so many exercises that they can post and after a while they're like oh let me figure out how I can you know do something different so I can post something new and it really freaking pisses me off it bothers me it bothers me because there's women that are following these women thinking that that's how you get a great body and it's like no and it's really not that complicated and I tell people that the reason I don't post what I do in the gym every day or my exercises all the time is because it would get freaking boring really fast I do the same exercises all the time I've been doing them for three and a half years now and just focusing on progressively getting stronger or changing up the rep ranges or or you know the 
you don't have to do tons of crazy, all these crazy weird workouts. And if you were just to focus on these, I'm going to share with you some six, six exercises. If you were just to focus on getting stronger in those lifts and making them the core of your workouts, I promise you, you're going to start seeing amazing results. And so like these fitness influencers, there's two things that I'm thinking of when I see these women. For one, I'm thinking, okay, you probably naturally have a big butt or you have a fat transfer or you have butt implants because that exercise did not get you that butt. Doing these like cute little banded workouts or, you know, these uh, body type workouts with just for for build, just building your butt, like that doesn't work. Like it might give you a little bit of progress at first, but you need resistance training. You need to be progressively getting stronger to build a, a muscle. Like it goes for your butt too, lady. If you want ladies, if you want a bigger butt, like you're going to have to strength train your butt just like any other muscle. And so after a while, bands aren't going to be enough resistance. Like you're going to have to do barbell hip thrusters or weighted kickbacks or something and squats, things that are going to make, give your body that signal to build more muscle. And, you know, so that's why I get really frustrated with these influencers. Another thing I think too, when I see them is, you know what, like, I know you're trying to like put these cute little workout stuff on Instagram, but you probably go to the gym also and lift some heavy weights or lift or push yourself and challenge yourself in weights as well. That and that's doing the majority of the benefit for you, not this cute little exercise that you're showing on Instagram. So I just have a like, it just really frustrates me a lot. um, Because it's to be completely honest, like there's these women that are following this shit. And they think that's what they're supposed to be doing. This is what really makes me mad the most is because I'm thinking of that woman that's doing that and it's not working for her and she's getting discouraged and she's thinking there's something wrong with her when there's nothing freaking wrong with her. It's it's her approach and that pisses me off. That pisses me off a lot because I don't want anybody to ever feel discouraged. Like I, peop, everybody is capable of having amazing results, your best results. And that's another thing too is realizing like genetics do play a part in this. You know, some women just naturally, just like some women naturally just have bigger boobs, obviously. I wasn't blessed with that. But, you know, some women, it's the same thing. Some women are naturally blessed with a bigger butt. Some women hold fat differently. I know I've seen this because I work with women in person and I, I know this. And it's like some women carry their fat in different areas than others. Some women lose weight faster in certain areas than others. Like we're all different to a varying degree. So to say like to look at a woman and say, I want to look just like her is just, that's just, hmm, that that isn't, how what's the word I'm trying to think of for that but it's not the right way to go about it all right it's not you really need to be focusing on creating your best self yes you might you're probably not going to look exactly like your favorite Instagram follower or fitness model like it's not possible because that's her and she's her own person, but it is totally possible for you to look amazing and for you to look your best and for you to feel good about yourself and how you look. So I just want to also keep that in mind because that's something that I didn't realize at first on this journey and I would compare myself and I would say, I want to look just like her, not really realizing like genetics do play a part. It really does. And not saying that you can't have amazing results, but just do know that that plays a part and you're going to look your own version of amazing, right? So you still are going to look amazing, but even better, it's going to be your unique amazing, right? I think that's even better because if we all look the same, like that would just be a boring world to live in. And I don't want to live in that world. Um, so the next thing, oh yeah, the top six exercises. Um, so the top six exercises that are the main things I focus on and, and as well as my clients when I'm doing programming for workouts is a barbell squat, a barbell bench press, a barbell overhead press, a deadlift, a hip barbell hip thruster, and a pull-up. Those are the six things that I'm always focusing on people getting stronger. And you might be thinking, well, Jessica, like, I can't squat the bar. I can't do a pull-up. I can't bench a bar. Like, I totally hear you, but you always want that to be your end result. So you start with doing dumbbells, right? You can do a bench, a flat bench press with 
with dumbbells. You can do a squat with dumbbells. You could do a banded pull-up. You can do hip thrusters with a um, with the dumbbell, with a kettlebell. Like there is always some progression. Like there's sometimes when women come to me, the where they start is body weight squats because we gotta work on their mechanics and we gotta work on them doing a body weight squat. But I always tell them like there's your goal over there. That's that squat rack. That's where we're gonna get you. And that's what I do. If if a woman sticks with me long enough, I can can guarantee that I can get her on that squat rack. And you can too. Anybody can. It's not like I have something special, like that a secret or something that I can make it possible for somebody. No, like I just the guide and I just know the path and I know it's possible. I know how to get there. And it's like they're doing the work. They're putting in the work though to get there. And so that's always the end result. So I don't want you to hear that and think, oh my gosh, well, I just can't do that. So don't even try. Like, no, you got to start somewhere, but you can get there. So let me repeat those six exercises one more time before I move on. That's a barbell squat, barbell bench press, barbell overhead press, a deadlift, a barbell hip thruster, and a pull-up. Those are the foundational exercises that you need to put in your routine and you need to make them the first exercise that you do during that day, all right? So next, let's go ahead and move on to my update on my meal planning course. I talked about this for the first time last month and I'm gonna create a waiting list. I might put it in the show notes before this comes out, so check in there. But it is going, I am really hyped and motivated about it now because I asked my Facebook group about, hey, what, what, what kind of topics do you want me to do a course on? And everybody, majority, well, not everybody, majority sadly wanted this course. So I was like, yes, I'm onto something. It's the right path. And it's really amazing too because I have 256 freaking recipes. And I used to do a what was called, I called it Meal Prep Fight Club and as a monthly membership where I shared a, a weekly meal plan and access to all of my recipes. And I put my recipes in my fitness pal. So if you do macro counting, it's really easy. It was, it was a good group. I did it for about a year and a half, but I just felt like I needed something more for women to start with because a lot of women were coming in and they didn't know how to do macro counting at all. Like they never done macro counting. They never read food labels and they were like have struggling to the macro counting part. And I was like, okay, what is, what are they missing? Like, that's what I started thinking about. And the same thing when I did nutrition consults, um, that was always the thing that I left, you know, I was like, okay, you're going to come in. I'm going to give you a custom plan and I'm going to give you all your macros and this, that. I noticed like women were struggling with following through because they just didn't have a foundation in place for healthy eating already. And so that's what's so exciting is this meal planning course is going to be that system and that foundation that's going to make eating healthy consistently every week with your family, even though they're picky ears, I'm going to show you how to transition them. Um, It's going to make it really easy. So it's going to set that foundation for you to consistently eat healthy and with your family. So you're going to feel good about what you're doing too. And then set you up to do macro counting later on. So I don't know how, if I'm going to do like a separate, like later on have a second phase where you do the macro counting. I don't know yet. But first I do know that I need to help you and I need to help these other moms be able to set this foundation for success. So for long-term success and really help them to take the healthy eating part and to connect it with their mom life and have it something that works together and it actually betters their mom life because now they're setting you know, they're setting these, um, this healthy eating with their family. And so I guys, I have picky eaters at home. I'm still working through this. I have found things that do work. And I do have a lot of recipes that are healthier that my kids, my picky kids will eat. And so this rest, this meal planning system is going to include all my recipes. Like I'm going to, and actually it's not going to include all my recipes. I'm going to cut it down to like maybe 150-ish. I'm not too sure yet, but I'm going to take basically the best of the best, the ones that other women said that their kids loved and their families loved, their picky husbands loved, and the ones that my family loves, and really just focus on sharing those. And it's going to be in a system where you're going to walk away and you're going to have a monthly routine. Like you're going to have this thing that works on clockwork every week that you can repeat and you know, it just makes things easier for you around uh, uh, food as well. So I'm really excited about that. So there's going to be a wait list for it soon. I am, I'm going to say this, I'm I'm, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I should say this, but 
I am shooting for it to come out in February of next year, 2020. So just to kind of give you a heads up, that's what's coming up. And if you want to kind of stay with me on that journey and and also help me be a part of putting this together, because I do have an outline together, but I'm still in the process of now I'm going to start really putting the course together is jump into my Facebook group because I'm going to be asking my members in the Facebook group. I'm going to be asking you guys for advice along the way to make sure that this is something that is going to be really beneficial and what you want and what you need. All right. So that's, like I said, that's really exciting. I want to give you an update. So last but not least, the last thing I wanted to talk about was this O shot, this orgasm shot. And maybe you guys have been like listening the whole way because you want to know, like, you're like, what the hell is she talking about? And so that's the reaction I get like from women. And I'm very open about things, guys. Like, um, I've talked to this about people about this in person and, the reaction I usually get is, what the hell is that? Or, oh my gosh, you got to tell me all about it. Because they've heard of it and they're like, did it work, you know? Um, so what is the O-Shot? The O-Shot is a um, non-invasive treatment and it aims to alleviate female sexual dysfunction. And what they do is they extract your... Um, your PRP, your palate-rich plasma from your blood, from your own blood, and they inject it directly into your coochie. Yes, yes, I got a shot, multiple shots in, <laughs> in my coochie or vagina. I don't know. That's like, I feel like, no, like... <laughs> Like, did I just say that word? Um, but anyways, we're all adults here. We're all women. And you know what? Sexual health is very important. And for me, um, maybe TMI, if this is like too much, you can like turn it off or whatever. But I'm going to just be honest with you guys. Like I am a sexual person, not saying like, oh, I'm promiscuous. There's like, there's a big difference from that. From that. I've just, uh, I'm never like just randomly slept around. But you know, when I'm in a relationship, like that's a really important thing for me. And it's it's a like if it doesn't <laughs> this is also maybe TMI. But in the past, like if that wasn't there, then I kind of have a joke with it. Like if it's like if you can't kiss or if you're not good at sex, like I'm sorry, like the relationship is not gonna work. Like it's it really does matter to me. And that's something that I was always very healthy for me in my twenties. I never had any problems with orgasms or with any of that stuff. And I noticed after after I started having kids, especially after Millie was born, the sensitivity was just not the same. Like it's just, and then now I started noticing like it's getting harder for me to orgasm, and the orgasms are not as good because guys, I had like usually have really good ones, and so I was like, this is shitty. Like no, this is not right. Like I'm so pissed off about it. And then I had a client um, tell me about this O shot. She's reading the the guy who invented it. She was reading his book and she was sharing about it, and I. Was was like oh my gosh that's what I need that's what I need so like I went home that day and I told my husband like I started researching I was like babe like look at this like wouldn't that be awesome and like you know I'm reading some of the reviews and they're just saying how orgasmic and how like they just couldn't like like basically how like yeah it just like completely changed their sex life and I was like I want that so there we are a month later I booked the (laughs) appointment and I went in and not only, guys, not only does it help with, like, with, um, with, like, sexual things, the other thing that it helps a lot with is urinary incontinence. Like, that's something after, like, I had problems with that before kids. Like, as a kid, even jumping on a trampoline, I would kind of, like, have to watch it. I might, like, leak myself. And so that's gotten really bad after having kids. And so this is supposed to fix that. It's supposed to help that. It helps with, also, if you have, um, like, pain from childbirth or pain from just like sexual pain or like I said just decreased ability to orgasm if you have dryness or from menopause or from breast cancer treatments um if you just your sex drive is down so it's supposed to help all these things and anyway so I was like okay let's go ahead let's do this thing right and it's not it wasn't cheap either it was a thousand dollars um but you know anyway so I go into this place and I'm like, I have no idea what to expect. And so they like at first they get she came in, she explained everything and she's like, yeah, it simulates new growth in your vaginal walls and your clitoris, these palates, which, you know, your body will use it and naturally generate tissue and it increases the cells, you know, number of cells and sensitivity stimulation. And she's like, it's it's natural. It's your own blood. You know, if you've heard of a vampire facial, guys, it's the same thing. They just do it to your vagina. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so I was like, OK, let's do this. So they give you numbing cream 
And 30, and then 30 minutes later, she comes in and then they numb you again with a shot. Now I, I'm like, should I tell you guys this? Because if you want to do it now, you're probably like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Um, so yeah, then I got a shot of my clitoris, <laughs> my clit to numb it more, which that it was like, the whole experience wasn't really painful. It was very uncomfortable. Let's just say it was a very uncomfortable, unpleasant experience, <laughs> but I mean, I would do it again. But uh, anyway, so that kind of stung. And then they take, they shoot those PRPs back into you. Um, I got one, another shot of my clitoris. I got like four or five in the inside of my vagina. And um, yeah, it just felt like a lot of pressure. And then I started kind of, I got really crampy. And then my clit was like really sensitive for like a couple hours, like very sensitive. Like I was like, ooh, and I'm sitting down. like don't crush your legs um and then when I was walking like it's just the friction so it that that went away I was kind of worried because at first I was like whoa this is like really intense I hope it doesn't stay like this and no that calmed down I had a little bit of bleeding um that subsided subsided by the next day and she was just like you know what you're good to go like you can have sex this evening if you want but I just felt it was like really tender and because I had it done later in the day so that evening I was like okay no like I can't imagine doing this right now so I waited and then the next day we had sex and um it wasn't like I had read reviews like that. Like it was like, whoa, it's like a huge difference and this and that. But I also remember the doctor, she told me, she's like, for some women, it takes time. It like has to, it takes six to eight weeks for you to like get the full effect for your cells to regenerate. And she said for her urinary incontinence, it didn't get better until about six weeks is when she started noticing that. And it's been about, what has it been about? Maybe like five weeks now. And so, you know, whenever, so anyways, the first time we had sex, like I did notice, like I was like a lot more lubricated. Like I was actually a lot tighter too, like in that, and even uh, my husband noticed that. And so I liked that. And, but I didn't notice like the orgasm was like super special. (laughs) Like, I mean, you know, anything like that. So as time has gone by, I feel like the urinary contents thing, it has helped that. I, I like now I'm thinking about it, I was like, I haven't had any issues. I need to go like, have I jumped on the trampoline since then or done jump rope? I need to do that because that would be a really good test of it. Um, yeah, so I have, I think that that has definitely improved. I haven't had any issues with like leaking myself. And then the sexual part, I do feel like it has helped like it because it has rejuvenated like so it is tighter so I can feel things better. Um, I do feel like my like the stimulation, it's like I am a little bit more sensitive. Is it anything like off the wall crazy? No. But at the same time, I don't feel like I was like really struggling with sexual. Like I just had a very high expectation because of where, how I used to be. <laughs> so um, my expectations were very high and like my, my sexual like, so, I mean, I have noticed improvement, but like I said, nothing too crazy. Um, but would I do it again? Yeah, like I think it was worth. It. I think it was worth a thousand dollars. And I think if you're somebody that has, if you're really struggling with that sexual part, that it really could be a game changer for you. I really think it can make a big difference. Like it has the capability. There's no guarantees. Like even when I signed the papers, it said like there's no guarantees that this is gonna work. And so I think it really just really does vary from woman to woman. Um, But I think, you know what, like $1,000 to possibly really improve your sex life is totally worth it. Because for me, like that's how me and my husband reconnect. Like my husband works six days out of the week, 12 hour days. Like we don't, I feel like a single mom half the time. Like I don't see him that much. And that's how we reconnect. And sex is a big, like, it's a big deal for men, but I think it should also be a big deal for women. And that's okay. Like, we should care about our sexual health, not just because we're trying to please our husband or have a better relationship, but for our own damn self. Like, that's a big, it's a big stress of relief. Like, it makes me feel better. Like, it really does. And and um, so anyways, I just wanted to share that journey with you guys. And like I said, it might be TMI or whatever, but, you know, if it might help one woman or she, like, even just one of you can connect to that and it helps you like then it's totally worth me talking about so that is november's takeaways and if you have any questions want any further information on anything want me to talk more about the o shot or you know or when i was talking about um being able to do a pull-up whatever like anything i talk about like just don't hesitate to message me you're not bothering me like i love it when women message me and i can connect more with you and then it also gives me ideas on future things to talk about and share on the podcast so you know i'm gonna kind of leave you guys with that but 
if also if you are enjoying the podcast please share it with like a mom friend or or screenshot a picture or screenshot um the episode you're listening to or the podcast and share it on your instagram stories and tag me um that would be really helpful for me let's get this podcast out to more women and um also leave like a five-star review with the written um review and because that'll also help me to get seen more in the search engine, because if it's helping you, more than likely it's going to help somebody else. And that's the whole point of me doing this, not to hear myself talk. <laughs> it's actually to help other women. And that's the whole mission of the podcast. So please help me spread that mission. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. And for now, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you in next week's episode. Hey mom, are you struggling to consistently eat healthy? Are you doing good like the beginning of the week until about Wednesday, Thursday hits and then you just completely fall off track and you're just really struggling on how to make healthy living a part of your busy mom life? Well, I got something really amazing and it's free to share with you and I put together a three-part video series where I share three secrets on how I consistently eat healthy year-round and not only that, but these things are tried and true. I've shared them with my clients and it's worked for them, so that means more than likely it's going to work for you. So if you're interested in grabbing that three-part video series, like I said, absolutely free. Just go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash three secrets. That's www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash three secrets.